Hi, good evening. I'm the host of the show. My name is Jay Rothman. If you missed last week's episode 155, take a peek in and enjoy. You know, I used to pride myself on, you know, I was a perfectionist and I, uh, you know, had this high work ethic for myself and I pushed myself and priding myself on that wasn't the best thing uh, for me because it wasn't positive uh, experience. It wasn't a positive trait. What it meant was that I was super critical. I put so much pressure on myself. And even when I did uh, perform at high levels or win, it was never enough. So I never celebrated my wins. And so I was just on this mm. vicious treadmill of just mm. beating myself up and being supremely critical and harsh. I mean, my internal self-talk, you would never say that to another human. Really brutal things I said and um, pushed myself and was just... Um, I was a shitty person to myself. Plenty of boundaries, but what are the boundaries really protecting you from? They're protecting your values. If you're in a relationship that doesn't actually align to the values that you want to serve, then that's when your boundaries have to come on board, so to speak. Now, there are plenty of boundaries, and I do a whole workshop on it, so I'm not gonna go through every one of them. But a boundary without a consequence is just you getting walked over. Each relationship, brothers and sisters, until I put those boundaries up and I align and stay true and authentic to my own values and my vision, I was always going to be walked over. Remember, boundaries are a form of self-love and self-care. Never selfish. Welcome back to Real Men, Real Talk, live! Welcome back to episode 156. I'm excited to introduce this evening in the studio. We have Evis Love, the man of the land from down under. He recalls himself the Aboriginal. Welcome back from Australia, Evis Love. As always, brothers, I'm sorely missing one brother here tonight, but um, I'm sure Josh is with us in spirit. So looking forward to diving in. Yes, yes. And of course, we have uh, Jeff Asano, calls Nashville, Tennessee home. Welcome back, Jeff Asano. Oh, good to be back. Good to be back. And uh, as uh, Ev said, uh, Josh is doing fine. It's, he's not under the weather. He's just deep, uh, deep, deep into the Shark Tank uh, project right now. He's on set at the studio and unfortunately not going to be able to be with us tonight. Hopefully he'll be back next week on a fresh new episode 157. But tonight, welcome back, viewers. Tonight is all about when you feel like giving up, pick yourself up. This is a topic that uh, Ev introduced to us uh, uh, last evening. So I want to invite you to kick us off, get us hot, light us up, and get us in flow on episode 156 on Real Men Real Talk Live this evening. Evis Love. 
Yeah, brothers and sisters on the other side of the pond here from the land down under, as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And um, as always, uh, we'd be nothing without you guys. So we'd appreciate no matter what time you're coming in, you're always in divine time if you can share it out within your communities. When you feel like uh, giving up, being able to pick yourself up, my brothers and sisters, uh, it comes on the back end of a, a pretty big week. Uh, you know, helping um, clients around um, the globe, so to speak. And, um, you know, one thing that really is starting to really still show within the collective is much of the adversity and hardships, you know, a lot of the despair, the doubt that a lot of people are still going through within their own lives. And look, I know it's winter here. We're in a, that sort of cycle where um, it can easily go into this shell. And you, it's really tricky being able to pick yourself up after some of these things that we're all going through. But what I really wanted to share about tonight is really in the face of what it is to overcome some of these hardships and some of this despair, this doubt, and how to override them, but also to be able to live with them. Because mm. brothers and sisters, none of us are perfect. This life is not put on a gravy train. This life is about the ups and downs. So being able to regulate and manage these things throughout our life is really the key. You look at most successful people, you know, even if you're looking at your celebrities or those people that you follow, they're not growing from their success. They're growing through their hardships. They're growing through their despair. They're going, growing through their own doubts. And I talk to some very well-off people and some of these people in behind the shadows are really down in the dumps, not being able to cope with these tough times. So they use these unhealthy coping mechanisms, they're using these toxic behaviours to escape their days still. You know, it doesn't have to be just about family. It can be the work relationships as we're talking about. It could be money problems. It could be physical things going on within your health. It could be, you know, some sort of loss, whatever it may be. We need to come back to being able to manage this adversity within our life. And one thing for me that I really want to share is that, and we've done a show on it, is that those successful people that are able to manage and regulate this stuff throughout their lives are very resilient people. So it truly is your brilliance when we talk about resilience again. And I'm going to share some of those character traits tonight, but also some tangible steps to help you brothers and sisters that may be still going through some of these hardships. Because one thing that I have found, particularly through this week, is that other people are falling onto other people to take on their own accountability, to take on their own responsibilities, to take on the ownership of their own life. And for me, my brothers and sisters, you've got to ask yourself the question, are you really living your life if you're allowing someone else to run it? So, yeah, man, looking forward to diving in deep tonight, mm -hmm. brothers. Let's do this. What do you reckon, Jeff? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting, because I had, I had a little dark night of the soul on Monday, uh, Sunday night into Monday, early Monday morning. And uh, it happens from time to time. I uh, hear you have. And it happened. It hit me on Sunday, um, like out of the blue, probably around like five or six o'clock on Sunday night. And when it, when it hits me, um, it's my wound. It's, it's, the, it's the deepest part of my wound that's coming up. 
and um, all all sorts of things happen in my life. And um, what I start to do, and and I and I'm going to go back to uh, um, the very first clip Jay played, what, what Josh is talking about, about how he treated himself, and um, I go into that place. I go into that dark place of looking at what isn't there in my life, looking at who I am not. Um, it's it's a real it's a cycle that I don't hit often, but when I hit it, it 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 gets in there, and I know that I'm going to another depth of of that wound, of that deep wound that's within me. And one of the things that I do is I go in and I futz with my beard. And I looked at, I was looking in the mirror and I, I, and I start to nitpick at myself. And then I caught myself doing it. And then I just turned around and, and I was looking at myself and I went, ah, screw it. And I shaved my beard off again. And uh, I figured that would stop the whatever I was feeling, but it didn't. It did not stop those feelings and those deep feelings that were coming up inside of me that bring an immense amount of anxiety within my physical system. I can physically feel the energy moving through me and the anxiety that's, that's penetrating my heart space. And it's pretty crazy to go through. And then I have to learn how to calm myself down to get myself to a place where I get back to actually my adult reality. Because what was happening and what is happening is simply the wounds of my child. The deepest parts mm -hmm. of my the core aspects of my wounds were coming up. And that's one of the things that I did is I went in, I looked at my beard, I started trimming it. And then I went, I need to stop this. And I shaved my beard off again. And then, um, but I, it, 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 it just didn't work. Um, what I did was I, you know, I had a, a, the, I, I really didn't get a great night's sleep. I was uh, up and down, up and down, but I, but instead of doing it alone, and this is the key, I called a friend who has been through with, been through it with me before. And we talked and we talked and I even called Jay about it on Monday as well. And we talked and Jay, Jay, as my friend did, Jay moved me through a wonderful uh, meditation of sorts, uh, a tool that he uses, gives his clients, and it brought me back into um, uh, loving that child and, and being with that, that child. The, I know that I'm going on a little long here, but the, what I found today, I, I was swimming. Uh, I went on my, my usual swim for 40 minutes and that, and my swim is my, is a, I also go into a meditation when I swim because it's, it's there. And I started to feel that anxiety come up as I was swimming. It was amazing. I'm in the water and I'm feeling the anxiety, the anxiety and anxiety. And all of a sudden I get to one end of the pool and I stopped and I closed my eyes and I took a big deep breath in the water and immediately saw a wailing, crying baby. That was me. Mm. Seeking mom to take care of him. And there was nobody around. 
And then I just used part of what Jay gave me. And then I went in and I just was picked up that baby. And that was the core. That was the core uh, aspect of the wound that I hit, oddly enough, swimming tonight. And uh, it could be harrowing at times. And at times you can want to give up. But the thing that I'm learning through all of these moments, hitting those wounds or the core aspects of the wounds, is that this is supposed to be happening. Mm. If we're doing this work, we have to we have to move and hit those core wounds and have yeah. Those feelings. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I well, first, Jeff, I want to thank you for telling yourself and speaking your truth. Yeah. Most, most, not most, but the majority of men out there, we're just living in it, and uh, we don't have the courage to even show up and tell on ourselves when we're going through a, some would call it a dark night of the soul, or w w even if it's just a moment. But it, it takes courage to to show up and grow up for yourself. And in that moment, you know, when that mom can't rescue you because mom's not here for you. And most likely she wasn't there for you when you needed her when you were younger. And that's why you've got the core wound. But what we get to do today is we get to show up and we get to grow up. And how we can do that is learning how to become our own conscious observer. Meaning that as soon as we can have a conscious awareness, a mindfulness that we just got tripped, that we just are, are feeling emotions in that moment, what we can do is we can rescue ourselves. We don't, we don't need to wait for somebody to show up for us. We just have to have that awareness that in that moment, this is how I'm feeling. And then one of the, one of the, I call one of the vital that I use is I'll close my eyes and I'll literally ask myself in that moment, how old am I feeling emotionally? Mm -hmm. and that gives me the opportunity to really then show up for that child that's feeling scared or feeling lonely or whatever emotions are coming through and feeling not enough, not worthy, I don't matter, whatever it is. And then I get to show up for him as, a, as my higher self, as my adult self, and provide him the nurturing, the nourishment, and the parenting that he needs in that moment. And that, for me, is such a powerful tool because what many of us as men and women uh, have no consciousness around is that when we have an emotion, the emotion then dictates our behavior. It creates a behavior and how we show up for others. Most importantly for ourselves, but secondarily, the people closest to us that we're in, uh, have access to. And then it comes out sideways through behaviors. It comes out by us being short. It comes out by us um, dismissing them, rolling of the eyes. There's probably, there's 50 other behaviors or more that we show up uh, in that moment. And not only are we hurting ourselves, but we're hurting the people we may care most about. And so this, this process of first identifying what are the emotions that you're feeling in that moment, and then with dignity and grace and love for yourself, parent yourself, hold space for that child, mm. help them like a child when a child's um, suffering or struggling. One of the techniques that a parent may use is a healthy distraction, not a coping mechanism that leads to addictions, mm -hmm. but a healthy distraction. 
like for example, in that moment, you know, sometimes for me, it's like, I'll ask that kid within, let's listen to a song. What do you want to listen to? Let him pick the song that may take him, bring him out of that funk, out of that moment of despair, out of that moment of doubt, out of that moment of fear. And then I hold space for him, you know, and there's many different techniques that we're going to share tonight on how mm -hmm. we can nourish and bring comfort to that part of ourselves that in that moment that just got tripped or triggered so that we don't take it out on others through toxic, harmful, hurtful behavior. That's the key right there. What do you make of that, Ev? Mm, both of you say some beautiful things, brothers. Um, I just want to, first of all, to say, Jeff, man, thanks for sharing that. You know, it's a beautiful story. And funnily enough, I'll, um, I was talking to a, a young brother uh, at the gym through the week, and he just uh, had his first uh, visit within one of those float tanks. And he actually mentioned to me that he, he found himself similar, similar to what you're saying, Jeff, where you start to build that anxiety, something's coming up. And he actually said within that float tank under that water, he um, started to feel this, this anxious, this anxiety build up within his body. And, um, you know, after he relaxed himself and just said to himself in his mind's eye, intentionally, everything's okay. We're actually going to be okay here. We're okay. Then he was able to relax and fall back into then and actually not be a part of the body that may have been storming some, you know, trauma or whatever it may have been within him that was trying to fight mm. for this part of him not allowing himself to be under that water. Who is that part of us? Well, as we know, it's the ego. The ego wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you secure, but it also wants to keep you in your so-called comfort zone. And one thing for him, he mentioned, you know, and what I loved about this first experience with this float tank underwater is now I can break out of my comfort zone. I'm actually able to, you know, experiment and explore other things within my life. And then he started talking to me um, about, you know, how he felt within the gym environment that everyone's always judging him. And I said, you know, these, these are some of the steps to help you relieve some of that judgment because there is only one person that is really judging, and it's you. You're judging yourself. So I know I'm jumping here, but from his experience, we've got to start really asking ourselves, brothers and sisters, who is actually driving the vehicle? Who is driving the body? Is it still the wounded child? the wounded child's driving the body, then it's the ego that's driving the body to protect the wounded child. Or is it now, as Jay's just mentioned, the observer who's now come in, which I actually talked to this guy at the gym about, coming outside of your body and now looking down from outside of the frame. Feel those emotions that you felt underneath that water. Start to actually lean into them and now let's journal through them. And I said to the guy, I'll mm -hmm. talk to you next week. Let's start being the observer. Let's start identifying the feelings and emotions that don't make you feel that safety and that sense of security. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, I love that story, Jeff. It really synced in with that water thing that I was talking about with that guy. So thanks for that. Yeah, you know, you know what I've been doing too uh, the last couple of days is um, I'm not a big journaler, but I started doing it. 
and I've been journaling, it's amazing as I will sink into what what happened the episode because because it because really what it is is it, it was is an episode and and you know i i don't know where it comes from but all of a sudden boom it hits and then the out of out of nothing like and it and it builds and builds and builds and builds and it's an episode that um where the anxiety is at fever pitch mm. it's, it's an amazing feeling mm. um and then there's there's um, there's fear in there, and and it's and so, so to, and and it's it, it's a big challenge to be with it mm-hmm. because it's so intense. I don't know how it is for anybody else, but for me, when it hits, it's it's you know um, it, it hits at a fever pitch when it hits, mm. and it's there. And I'm I do something to try to control it. In this case, I went in you know, thinking, all right, I'm going to shave up. I'm going to do this. And it was, it was just there. But what I've been doing the last couple of days is for example, last night I was feeling intensely frustrated. The frustration level was so high that I literally had to um, just go outside and breathe and, and literally breathe with the sound of awe and just let it go. And then I came in and I just started journaling mm-hmm. and writing down, I'm feeling frustrated. And then wherever it led, I read about, wrote about a page and I, and I, I let it out, but it brought me deeper into what I was feeling frustrated about. And um, it was about making mistakes Hmm. and beating myself up, judging myself. I want to take a moment here, Jeff. Um, I just, I want to acknowledge, I want to switch gears real quick and acknowledge that I, I took the time today to watch an interview that you did with uh, the local Fox station. Um, I'm not sure if that was Nashville or where that was coming in from, but it was about a 21 minute interview that you did. Uh, this week. And it was brilliant. Um, You showed up and I enjoyed learning uh, more about you and your art and how do you, how you learn how, have you learned how to tap into your creative within? Mm. You are, you have such amazing talent and uh, your interview Mm. was just absolutely beautiful. Viewers, if you should, uh, I posted a link to the interview on, on my Facebook social media page I actually, Jeff tagged me on one, I think, early this morning or late last night. And I, I watched Check it today. It uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Jeff and, and his journey of uh, going from working for his dad on Wall Street to publishing the first book of its kind in the history of the music industry, Americana Portrait Sessions, listen into the interview that, that Jeff did on the local Fox TV station uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, but in any event, uh, bringing it back, you know, we uh, we don't need people to criticize or judge us. We're the worst of that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then we create stories either about ourselves or even, even about people that we're going to engage with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to, we create these stories and then we we hold on to them until it almost feels like it's a reality. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, for me, it's always a reminder, especially when I show up in the work I do, 
where I I have this this uh, let's say almost like a a sense of how I think uh, it's going to go based on just an impression that I may have. And 99% of the time, it does not go the way the story has it going. And it's such a beautiful reminder of the power of the mind that it either is a friend or it becomes our foe. Mm -hmm. And every time we start to weave or create a story based on our past or based on a past, uh, past wounding or trauma that we experienced as our younger self, I invite you to, to pick up what I call one of the vitals, which is to ask the question, is it true? Mm-hmm. And then do everything you can do to um, help comfort the part of ourself that creates a story that has no validity. It's not based on the present. It's based on a past. Mm-hmm. And there are times that I even show up in the work I do where I, I have, uh, I, I call it a, an inner dialogue of uncertainty. And that uncertainty is about somewhat a little bit about fear around, am I going to be able to connect? Am I going to be able to reach that individual at the heart space? Because I know that where they're most likely coming in on is at the egoic mind space. Mm. And there's no, there's no healing that can take place there. The only way we heal are our old wounds and cores from our younger years and traumas and experiences, whether they were direct hits or what I call collateral damage, is when we get out of our head space and have the, have the courage to step in and open up our heart hmm. and allow ourselves to feel those feelings, honor those feelings, and then work through them by holding space for that part of ourself that's, that's, that's holding on to those feelings. Hmm. You know, I want to I bring something up that, that Ev talked about. I don't know if you talked about it in the green room before the show or, or on the show, but you were talking about some of the people you work with who aren't using their tools. Um, and this is this is important because in this, you know, I'm going to bring it back to my experience, you know, just a couple of days ago. I can get so deep into that wound or that feeling of anxiety, I'll forget my tools. Because it's so deep and the trauma that's coming up, because that's what it is, it, it, it's literally trauma that I was experiencing and the anxiety around that trauma and all the feelings around that trauma. That's what was happening in that moment. And that's part of the process of the inner work that we're doing. And what I, I just forget my, I'm so deep in it Mm. and, and being in it and knowing that, Hey, that's not really what's happening now, but this is part of the process and I've got to be in this, you know, I forget my tools. That's when I will make a phone call or two to friends who, are, who know how to do this work, who are doing this work, who will remind me of my tools. One of the tools, the first tools, if you forget your tools, is call somebody and allow them to remind you of your tools, remind you of where you are. You know, you're not in that moment. You're not that five-year-old who's, who's going through that trauma right now. That's a big tool to use that we've talked about on this show so many times. The thing to do is we cannot do this alone. It's why we do this show. So you don't have to do this alone. You can watch this show. You know, I was... Go ahead, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just eject a little bit, Jeff. 
you know, because I think it's also important to being able to potentially have the ability and know how to be alone as well. Because sometimes when we do go asking other people for their guidance and their advice, they've already made up decisions based on their own experiences and their own beliefs. But when I found myself going through some of these hardships and, you know, some of the big adversities that I've been through that I've talked about, when I spent time alone, it made me connect even closer back to myself where I was able to really identify and feel some of those emotions like we're talking about here tonight. That alone time also, um, it helps me unwind. When I find myself around in a lot of groups, it, it really feels like um, there's so much energy to take in, particularly being able to feel a lot of people's energy when I'm in that uh, close proximity. But um, we only have the answers, my brothers and sisters. We can always seek counsel like Jeff's talking about. Mm -hmm. But when we're actually are able to spend this time alone, it actually builds your self-worth. Mm -hmm. It builds your self-esteem. These add up to your self-value. So for me, you know, spending time alone is really important. And no doubt, being able to seek that guidance, support and counsel of people that you trust and revere is also important. But if you haven't been able to spend this time alone initially, then you may find yourself uh, working on someone else's time, so to speak. So I've never said to myself that spending time alone is not the way to go. Because when you actually look up that word, and I've said that before, alone is to be all one. Lonely is your decision that you are isolating yourself. There's a difference. Wow, I think we just nailed another short clip for for during a, in between uh, next episode and this one. That was beautiful, Ab. You know, I want to I want to share an example. Um, I'm going to step out a little bit here, but a week ago, um, I witnessed for the first time in my intimate relationship with my partner, something that I had never witnessed before. She had some anxiety around the largest uh, micro weddings that she was going to, she was going to um, show up for. And I actually was, she, she acknowledged it to me. She said, I'm feeling anxious. And in the past, what I would have done was I would have been right there to rescue somebody that I care about. I would have done everything to, to try to rescue them out of their anxiety. But instead, I, I just kind of asked her, I said, is there anything that I could do for you? And what she said to me was, no, I, I just need to work through it. I need to work through it for myself. Now, the reality is, is that first and foremost, although she was struggling or she was in, in conflict with this anxiety a little bit, I actually, I don't want to say I enjoyed seeing that part of her, but I honored that part of her because it was a part of her I had never seen before. And instead of me showing up to, you know, pull out the, uh, the blanket for her or uh, rescue her, I gave her the space to work through it. Now, I did say to her, I'm here for you. If, I, if, I, if there's anything I could do, I'm right here. But what ended up happening was she worked through it. And 
she did an outstanding job. She was absolutely beautiful in that in in a, in in her work that she did. Now it wasn't until I think the morning after the event where I shared with her. I said, "Here's my truth, Mary. I was kind of anxious too, but I wasn't going to tell her that in that moment because it, it just I didn't I didn't want to take away from her working through her own stuff." And, and I needed to work through my, my own fears around that event. But here's the truth is we both showed up for ourselves. We did the work. We delivered. And then we were able to reflect on it the next day and the days that followed. But there's an, a classic example of, of how when we show up for ourselves, just by expressing, being able to tap into the true essence of the emotions that we're feeling, Sometimes just by expressing it, it helps to relieve some of the pressure around it. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, you know, she showed up for herself and she did whatever she had to do to navigate through those, those, uh, those emotions. And she did it, what I'll say with dignity and grace at no point did, um, did it escalate to where I was feeding off of her nervousness or her anxiety. It didn't cause any raised voices, it didn't cause any type of um, any type of meltdown or disagreement or fight. We just honored each other, and we showed up for our own child within that was scared. And mm -hmm. there's a classic example of even as a couple, how we can support one another through those moments. And I believe I even I even asked her, "May I give you a hug?" And I, of course, she never denies that. She always says yes. <laughs> And so that's, that's how we work through it. You know, it's a beautiful way to navigate through life in a way that neither one of us ever knew how to do that before. The point is, is that you are there to support each other. Yeah. And that's the point that I'm making. Mm -hmm. yeah, the safe we, space. We, so many men think they can soldier through it alone. And you can't. We don't do so well, do we? No, I don't care who you are. You can't. Yes, you've got to be alone with yourself. But if somebody was there to support you, I have your back. I'm there. Okay, here are the tools. Got to go. Then you can be there knowing that the support is there. That's where the wound starts. The support was never there. The support that that wounded child needed was never there. The parent didn't even know how to do that. If that baby was crying and, and reaching out for mom and mom didn't show up, boom, that's where the trauma is. That's where it starts. So what we're seeking is simply just someone to have our backs that supports us where we are, not fix us, not anything else just to be there to support us with, with some with some suggestions what do you need i need to handle this on my own right now okay cool what do you need well i really need maybe we can meet we can talk okay it's it's the support that we need to know that there that 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 support is there beautiful got it it's that's a valid point jeff i want to switch gears here and move us right along and and ask this question to both of you. Um, how can we stay motivated in difficult, difficult times 
when in that moment we feel like giving up? What can that look like, Ev? No, man, there's, there's many tools. And, you know, this is what I'm talking about. Characteristics of these resilient people, for me, they're, they're people that have always got a why. They've got purpose. They've got goals. They've got intentions. They may not be quite at that end goal, but they realize that short-term gratification can be delayed. Now, what do I mean by that? One thing behind that is that you may have to sacrifice those times out. You may have to sacrifice doing that, go doing all these things to allow for this time to lean into some of these emotions like we're talking about tonight and really start to become the identifier or observer of your life and asking yourself through self-awareness, why have I got myself into this position up until this point in my life? Where have I come from in the past? You know, when you're able to identify that why, then you ask yourself, well, why am I here? So your why allows you to create that purpose. That purpose then gives you meaning in life. It takes the focus off some of these hardships, of some of these adversities, of some of these traumas that are in the past. Remember, these, these adversities, these hardships, they don't define you. They should only start shaping you of who you are becoming today mm -hmm. and who you desire to be within the future. So when we're able to have that why, that vision, that purpose that gives you that meaning within your life, then it allows you to be able to, whether you need to, you know, uh, upskill in something within your life, you know, you might even want to, uh, we've talked about passion being within your life. You may want to revisit some of those things to take that edge and take the focus off some of these hardships and adversities and that doubt and despair that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, one other thing for me, and um, it's a beautiful quote. Oscar Wilde said it beautifully. To love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. You got to love up on yourself, my brothers and sisters. If there's one thing you can do for the rest of this month, what are we in? June 9. Let's do it for the rest of the month. Let's be have the power of being kind to ourselves. Mm. Drop one, just drop one win or one strength now for me down in the comments if you're watching this live, even if you aren't. Celebrate your strengths. Celebrate your weaknesses. Celebrate your small wins. When we can allow ourselves to be kind to ourselves and choose this frequency as opposed to focusing on some of these hardships that are just getting recycled by these emotions and these self-doubt beliefs from the past, then this starts healing the mind. And that's why it's so, so important for our mental health that we start to fall back in this power of being kind to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love that, Ev. I'm, I'm curious um, how 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 do you how do you access love for yourself when you're, you know, how do you get there? Um, get it's not like a light. It's not like a light switch. You turn it on and off, right? Exactly. It's not. But you got to think if you can't bring it to your own heart and you can't find that in your own space initially 
then you need to put yourself in an environment that you feel love. Mm-hmm. Where's that place that I go? It's called nature. Mm-hmm. I go out on country. I go out in the back garden. Love is all around. Mm-hmm. So you may have to seek that counsel from the external initially. But then as I've talked about at the start of this show, then the self-building comes from being able to build that self-esteem, that self-worth, that value that builds the confidence that equates to being you, being able to find that love within yourself. Mm. Surround yourself with love, brothers and sisters. Mm. I'm, I'm curious, um, from your perspective, um, either one of you can jump in. What role can nutrition play in the health of the mind, neurologically speaking? It's, it's, a, it's a form of self-love, isn't it, Jeff? What we're putting into what, our what you body. Put it, yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's a form well, of that, that's, you know, Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a part of it. Um, how much do I love myself and what am I putting into my body? You know, you could, you know, we have to love ourselves emotionally, spiritually. We also have to love ourselves physically and ask yourself, what am I putting into my, my body? But you're still going to have... If you're doing the work, you're going to still going to have moments of where that wounding is going to come up. You know, well, the wounding is going to come up no matter how deep into the work. You know, I'm no, in it. No I'm in it coming up on eight years, and and we're still yeah. going to get uh, triggers that bring bring the uh, the inner child right bubbling back up to the surface. Yeah, it's going to be there. I think it's going to be there till we take our last breath. The difference is 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 having the awareness that. Yeah. By the grace, you know, by the grace of God, here again I go. I, I just got tripped. I just got triggered. I got right. activated, as Sue Gaskell once said on the show here. And and through that, having that clarity in that moment, then we get to reach for a tool. It could be it could be water. You know, sometimes I find that if I'm behind in my water intake for the day, which is probably the most important neurological um, source you could feed your brain is if I'm finding that I'm, I'm feeling off a little bit emotionally in that moment, I do a, I do a check-in. Where am I at? First thing I do is ask where I'm at with my water intake. And eight out of 10 times, I'm behind. So in that morning, I grab a 20-ounce bottle of water and I chug it down just to play catch-up. Mm-hmm. And within minutes, I, whether it's a placebo effect or not, I'll take it. Thank you very much. So it could be, you know, it could be water. It could be sometimes um, we're just tired. We had a rough night. We didn't get a good night's sleep. We had a lot of um, a lot of awakenings for different reasons. Then we, you know, we get to make a different choice. There, we could lay down, do a a quiet meditation or a guided meditation, give ourselves permission to go into a different space, a different state. And and that's just another example. Like also connecting, reaching out to a friend, reaching out to somebody that. I did that last night. I had a consciousness that there is a, a, a couple that I've missed. I haven't spoken with them in some time. So I, I called them on a video call on WhatsApp. And I don't know, we must have been on a, on a video call for over an hour last night. And it was beautiful. I got fed. I believe they got fed. We had an absolutely beautiful renewal of the relationship that it's been some time. I, I think it was February, the last time we had spoken. Mm. And so the, there's so many different ways to to uh, to connect all one. 
whether it be with ourself in nature, whether it be with a friend in nature, whether it be through nutrition, whether it be through a video chat, whether it be through journaling, a very powerful tool, very powerful tool. And one of the greatest gifts I got from journaling was, I've shared this before, is, is when I, I got the, uh, the download that it's time to read out loud what I just wrote. And then I'm able to receive it vibrationally through my whole body temple. Mm-hmm. And then if the tears didn't flow when I was writing, the tears will flow when I'm reading mm-hmm. out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, almost inevitably every single time. And every time that I give myself permission to open my heart, feel the emotions and express them through tears, there's such powerful healing that takes place in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's that's coming from a kid that was told when he was crying, you want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. Mm-hmm. Anyone ever experienced that as a child? <laughs> no, I got, I got, I got, and I've said on the show um, um, so many times, mom saying, stop crying. <laughs> but not, not to make light of this, but what I did uh, the night before last, what was it last night? Night before last, I uh, went in and made myself pos- some, some pasta with uh, artichoke hearts. That'll always bring, bring, bring it back to uh, a lot of joy for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. But, but it was quinoa pasta. There you uh, go. There you go. But there's that, there's that, for, for, I grew up on that. And that was always so enjoyable for me. So when I want to do something, I mean, I don't go for regular pasta or any gluten or any of that stuff. And I just went in and made some pasta, quinoa pasta with artichoke hearts. And I was in seventh heaven. <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. So, so again, what I'm hearing you say, Jeff, is we could make healthy choices to provide comfort to the child within that kind of brings us back to those, those things that gave us comfort. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we, we can give ourselves a cheat night as long as it's not every night like it used to be for me. But what I want to do is take a moment here just to take a, a breather, a break. Uh, enjoy this clip from last week. Not I'm stupid. I made a misstep or mistake. What lesson can I learn from it so I can learn for next time? When we're able to reframe some of these things, we're able to decalcify these wounds, this toxicity that's laid dormant around our heart space. Whether that was programmed down from those loved ones, those teachers that talk shit on us, whoever it may have been, you actually take your power back. You build your own self-esteem, your self-respect. And so then you can clearly and with clarity start communicating and express from this throat chakra that I'm talking about. And that's why it's called the inner queen or the inner king. It is the seat to the throne. Every time I hear that one, uh, it brings me chills. Yeah, brother. And then, you know, the, the last part that I say about that, you know, it is the seat. That's why we express and it mm-hmm. is the, the throne, your crown. And, um, you know, when we're able to express uh, some of these beautiful feelings and emotion, we're able to express that king, queen within inside of each and all of us. Mm-hmm. But like we've talked about there, if we aren't putting in or consuming the right foods or substances, 
you know, I made a note there of, um, you know, the B-roll in the background. That brother there, he's letting go of the alcohol. He's letting go of the grog, the stuff that calcifies, the stuff that is toxic to you being able to be more self-aware within your life and bring this self-love that I'm talking about. So, yeah, man, that was a deep one, Mr. Rothman. man. Mm. Mm. I got one more here. I want to bring Jeff Fasano in. What I have realized, one of the things that I have perpetrated my, my entire life was the negativity, the words, the deprecating words towards myself was the way in which my nervous system was stimulated to feel like I was alive because that's what I heard when I was growing up. All right, okay, so there's a difference. There's, the negativity stimulates our nervous system. And I would feel like I'm alive. It sounds crazy, but that's what it was. It was never positive affirmations. Positive affirmations land in your heart, come from your heart. Your heart is not part of your, our nervous system. What do you make of that? Well, that's what I, I had. I had uh, an attack of the nervous system on uh, Sunday night. Such an important part to understand. Again, yeah. you know, yeah. what are we running on? Are we running in that parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system? There you go. You know, that's the information highway. It's taking in all of the information from the outside and sending those signals to your brain. Mm -hmm. But most people, like we mentioned last week, man, is still running on the flight or fire. You, you know, I'm going to, what, what just came up for me is that there's so many wonderful things going on in my life right now. The old, the old behavior, the old, the ego on Sunday night came in and said, all of this wonderful stuff, you're not used to that. Let's create some drama in your life. And that's what happened Sunday night. It, it's, it, it is amazing. Uh, the, the, all of the wonderful things, life is fantastic. Uh, there's so many things going on in my life with this book and the things that I'm doing and, and all of the, the wonderful, uh, uh, love that's coming at me, um, and into me. Um, at times I was like, what do I do with this? This is a, wow. You know, I'm not used to this. I'm receiving it. And all of a sudden, an old behavior came up and said, we got to create some drama around this so it, you'll be able to see that you're still alive. And boom, the wounding came up, the trauma came up, and then the negativity came up. And I fell into that, not for a long time, but fell into it. And then I went, when I caught myself at some point on Monday, I went, wow. Wow. Uh, I want to, I want to, I have a different perspective, Jeff, and I want to share it with you. The, the part of ourselves that uh, is ready to sabotage is, it's just, um, what's coming forward for me is that the wound is there is that I'm not worthy of this. That's, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the ego. That's part of it. I'm sorry. It's not the ego. It's our inner child that is not able to receive all the gifts that are coming forward for you right now through this, this brilliant place, the season that you're in right now. This feels very foreign to little Jeff. Little Jeffrey's not accustomed to being acknowledged, being seen, being heard. 
being honored and receiving all the love that's coming with this new season in your life. And so it's the boy within that is still saying, I, this, this is so far and I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to receive this love. I don't know how to, I don't know how to receive any of this because I'm still not worthy. I don't matter. And then what the ego does is the ego is the, the part of you that shows up to protect the little boy and then, then creates that, that next level of pain in, in his best way to cope, to protect the little boy. But in, in reality, his best approach to protect you is actually harming little Jeffrey. But what we get to do differently is you get to show up for him as your higher self, as the parent of that little boy, and provide to him what he didn't receive when he was a child. Remind him how worthy he is. Remind him how hard you have worked to have this experience in 2023. You are worthy of it. You do matter. You are love. You are brilliant. You are talented. You are incredibly creative. But here you are showing up, self-sabotaging, creating the drama as you just described. Why? Because at the deeper profound level, that wound that's still there to some extent saying, I'm not worthy of all this. I'm not worthy of any of this. So I'm going to create this mayhem, this inner turmoil, so that I could go back to feeling what I'm accustomed to feeling, which is I'm not worthy of any of this. And then we and then we we can't accept that as our truth, or we can deny that as our truth. Show up for that boy. You hold him, you nurture him, you hold him in your lap, you snuggle him, you comfort him, and you remind him of how much he is worthy of all that he is receiving right now. And how we can also do that is by you holding him. You letting him know he's never going to be alone as long as you have one more breath to take in his life. And you embrace this moment, this season with him and teach him, show him that he is worthy of all that is presenting itself in this moment. My question to you is, are you able to receive what I just shared with you? You nailed it. You just, you just interpreted what I was just saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly it's ex yeah, you nailed it, Dr. J. Dr. J. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what happened. And I it took me a day and two phone calls to one to you and one to another friend to go, oh wow, that's exactly what folks, what Jay just said is exactly what happened. Mm. To go I back again, to I, something I have to chill, so I know it's the truth. To go back to something that was familiar, which was beating myself up, whatever, whatever. That's what my nervous system has always been used to. Yep. So I went back and, and I've recreated it because it was familiar. Well, one mm. of the things when I came out the other side, I, I went, I can, th that's not real. I can, this is not, you know, this is got, this is ending. This is got, this is. That is ending. And and then I called Jay and then I called my friend Randy and we talked about it and I felt, and then that's, but you know, Jay nailed it. That That's what I did. That's what happened because that's what is familiar to me. Right. And it will continue to happen until you show up 
as your adult higher self, each time catching, catching yourself in that free fall. Mm -hmm. And before you land injured, hurt, in pain, catch yourself midair, grab yourself, hold that boy and love him until he begins to believe it as his new truth. And, and I've been doing that, but here, so you asked Eva a question recently, when we're in this, what can keep us moving forward so we don't sink or indulge into it? I got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> Good. You know, I've, I've got so many things going on that that was one thing that snapped me back into adult reality. Wait a second. I got a, a massive exhibit in two weeks that I got to have prints made. I have another one right after that. I've got this. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. So I snapped back into reality, into what brings me all this joy. So the cool part about this was I didn't languish in, in it for a day yeah. or two days. Um, I caught myself. I did react. I did shave off my beard. I did that. But the bottom line is I caught myself and brought my back self back into what I am doing in my daily life every day. That's fantastic. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Welcome home, Jeff Fasano. One more time. Was... <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Ev, I want to invite you to close us out with closing thoughts, words, words of inspiration. Mm, you no, that, that was beautiful, Jeff. And, um, you know, this beautiful journey, um, like I mentioned at the start, we're going to have these ups and downs, brothers. This is a roller coaster ride we call life. And we're going to be hit with these hardships. We're going to be uh, revisiting some residue, as I always say, from the past. But these uh, allow us to just see how far we have come. Mm. They allow mm. us to really be in the present moment and be grateful for this journey. So for me, when I was in some of these hardships, when I was in those adversities, when I was going through those relationship problems, the whole idea about changing and shifting my career I always had my vision imprinted. I always had that in my forefront to know that I had purpose and still had meaning within my life. And when I started to become more self-aware of what some of that past stuff was holding within me on an emotional level, that's when I actually started to really lean into and feel some of these emotions and start to see, like Jay's mentioned, from the observer side, that you know what, I'm actually not my emotions. They're a mm. tool, they are a part of my experience, but I'm not my emotions. Mm. We are not our mm. thoughts. When we can come outside mm. of that side of ourselves, my brothers and sisters, and see that the emotions that I was feeling, anger, actually allowed me to stand up more for myself. Sadness allowed me to be able to appreciate this journey that I've been on. But when I fell back into joy, my brothers and sisters, that really did allow me to be grateful for all of this that we go through as a human. So lean mm -hmm. into some of these things that we're going through, my brothers and sisters. Start taking care of yourself. Create the self-care routine. 
look at yourself with love and be grateful for the journey that you've been on. Mm. I needed to hear that. Hmm. 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 Well, I think we got ourselves a show. Hmm. However, before we head out, I do want to share this one last clip because this, uh, this clip had tremendous meaning in my younger years that really defined how I showed up in my life. You're nothing but a dreamer, Jay. Now, what, what those words, how those words impacted me in that moment, I didn't receive it as a thank you, mom. I received it as you're not going to make anything of yourself in your life. You're nothing but a dreamer. You don't have what it takes. Now, she didn't say those words to me, but that is how I received it right here in my heart as a 17-year-old teenager. In that moment, I sat with it. I felt it. And what those words that came from my mom's mouth did for me is it created my drive to show my mom that I was not just a dreamer, but that I can create, that I'm not a loser. And those words was the power tool that brought me into my career. And with that, I love you guys. See you next week on Real Men, Real Talk. Real Talk. Ah. Yeah.